Hello, storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, it's been a long weekend, a much-needed weekend. Yeah, sure has. Uh, it's good to see you, though. How mm-hmm. are you? And what have you been playing? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling well-rested. I'm feeling mm. um, excited to spend another couple days just hanging out and playing games and relaxing. Um, Oof, I'm, yes. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. We'll see what the next week brings, but right now, <laughs> we're not there. Uh, we're not there yet. <laughs> um, as far as what I'm playing, um, a, a couple new things. I've, I haven't had a ton of time to play games with friends because life is wild. So I've been playing mm. kind of some single player bits and bobs here and there. Destiny 2 still really enjoying the season, really enjoying what's going on. Um, you can craft weapons now, which is really fun. Um, and there's all kind of cool stuff going on. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, I tried a game out, actually only played the demo, but it was a pretty good demo of a game called Card Shark, which is by Devolver, mm-hmm. and it's a really, it, I, I haven't played any more of it because it's very stressful, but it's essentially a game <laughs> where you are a, um, a swindler, a scar, card scammer, and you learn oh. all these tricks. Yeah, you may have seen that. Yeah, it's, I saw it somewhere recently. It's, it's really cool, but it's really stressful. So, like, an example would be, like, you are pouring wine. And when you're pouring wine, you're looking over somebody's shoulder and you're seeing how many cards they have and what they have the most suit up. And then you wipe the table in a certain direction to, 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 to tell your partner what cards they have. But like you really quickly have to see and then wipe. And then there's, there's um, games where you're like moving, switching decks out. So when you're pouring, you're taking a deck and putting it in your pocket. You're pulling cards out, putting them in your hand. You're palming them on top of the deck. And then you're grabbing the card, the old deck, and taking out the cards you've pulled so that there's not any... It's really oh tough, really stressful. And, like, <laughs> you're betting and how much money you bet. And you can also run out of money. It was really stressful, really fun, but really challenging. And, like, I did not have the brain power in the, in the moment I was playing to, like, to like remember the four cards. I was like, oh, I'm going to pull these cards. These are great. And I could not remember. So I had to come up with, like, okay, I'm going to pull all twos and a queen of hearts every time. That way, only after... It, it's very fun. Um, a very good, like, Devolver indie weird game that I, I really enjoyed. Um, and then uh, Hardship Shipbreaker, which is a game I played months and months and months ago, is finally fully out, and it's on Game Pass. And mm-hmm. uh, the first time I played it, it's a game where you're, like, cutting apart ships, and you have to, like, cut them apart in certain ways, and then you sell the parts, and you get money to upgrade your tools, and you get bigger and more dangerous ships, where some ships have, like, nuclear reactors that you have to, like... To carefully pull apart or it blows up and you lose a bunch of money um but i'm the first playthrough i played the regular time this playthrough i'm playing where you have to worry about action but there's no time limit which for me means i don't have to rush to get the most valuable stuff i can slowly and carefully completely destroy this entire ship and that is so much more satisfying than like going in quickly trying not to break everything rushing and then maybe getting one valuable thing um so, like, for my playstyle, I feel much more satisfied being able to completely destroy the ship instead of, like, having to rush and, and, and think really carefully about where I'm playing. Um, but, yeah, those those are the three games I'm playing, all very different and uh, very fun and, and kind of just their own little weird thing. As I say, like, yeah, those are very, like, wild <laughs> games. Yeah. All very wild games. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. you, you said, like, you're playing a lot of single-player focused games, um, which brings me to this point. I guess, Ryan, I have to tell you, I'm sorry to inform you, based on EA... Mm-hmm. Um, you could be a ten, but because you play single player games, you're just not. So I'm so sorry to, I'm so sorry to break oh, that to you. No, oh man, uh, our EA overlords have have spoken. I have seen, yeah, like the the, the, <laughs> the guy who like created or directed Fall Order was like like tweeted about it. Like, yeah. what are you saying? We made you so much money, you goons. Yeah, <laughs> and they did the they did the the post after like uh, things uh, we uh, we deserve the roast. <laughs> um, we take the L on that one um, because anyone who plays single player games is actually an eleven or something like that. And it's like just stop, EA. You're such embarrassment. Their media like, guy just totally beams it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that it's just not working. <laughs> but so anyway, sorry. I, I'm also a, 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 not a ten either. It makes you feel better. So yeah. because I like yeah. single player games also. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, Eric, how are you? <laughs> what are you? What are you been playing? Yeah, um, so actually, I, I should update this. I mean, I, the last time, I don't think we've played V Rising. I had it on my list, but we played it. But we did play Raft last we time. We did play um, Raft. Oh, I forgot that was yes. on my list. Yeah, we have played Raft. So much fun. I'm really, that's such so a much fun, fun game. 
Yeah. Yeah. Raft, the final update just came out and it, it was surprisingly spooky. <laughs> like yeah. I was not, it was funny because like we got on, so if you haven't played Raft and, or you're going to play Raft, you haven't played it, you know, skip this part for a second. Um, for those who don't care, great. So in Raft, you're obviously building rafts and it's like post-apocalyptic in a sense where you're just like, there's just water everywhere. And we finally come across this giant boat that we're supposed to find. And so we went inside and uh, we played with our good friend Dave, who did our uh, episode of Assassin's Creed. Um, and uh, we went inside looking around. I think you're still on the raft getting something before I did. I was just goofing yeah. off in the raft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, Dave and I turned a corner and this, this mutant rat just came out of nowhere. And I literally like yelled in fear. <laughs> I was just terrified. I had no idea what was. I, I just, raft has been so pleasant and just kind of like, just make sure you're, you have, you're hydrated and have food and, you, and you're okay. And then a giant rat comes out of nowhere. It's like, okay, this game has totally changed in a way that I was not anticipating. Um, yeah, so Raft has been fun. <laughs> it is a good game. I highly recommend it. Um, I beat Skull finally. Um, yes, it was... I, which I want to go back to that in a second. Um, I've been playing a lot of like old school uh, N64 games again with, with my girlfriend. Uh, we've been really getting into Mario Kart again. Um, which is frustrating... And also really fun. It's fun because I love Mario, 6, Mario Kart 64. It's one of my favorite games ever. It's just such a good game. Um, but I re- remember being so much better at it than I am now. And I want to blame the Switch controllers. I don't have the N64 Switch controller thing. I want it so badly. But I, I want to believe I was better at this game than I am now. Because I'm constantly falling. And it's constantly frustrating. Um, and also, like I used to really pride myself on my ability in Mario Kart, and my girlfriend just destroys me every time. And she's <laughs> hearing me say that right now, and I'm sure it's very validating to hear me say that. Um, though I will wreck her in the new one all, every time. So she can... I was going to say something inappropriate, I guess. But, she can suck it, but that seems inappropriate. I'm not going to say that. I'll take that out. Um, <laughs> she can continue to be good at this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She great at this game. Thanks a lot. Um, also playing a lot of Pokemon Snap, which Pokemon Snap so... It's not underrated, but it almost feels like it is. At least Pokemon Snap 64. Um, it's just such a, just a calming and relaxing game. Um, unless you can't hit something with a ball or an apple in the face which just seems kind of you know degrading in a sense and, and animal abusey but it doesn't matter it's a lot of fun a lot of good times uh and then last but not least apex legends uh oh, yeah. our friend dave and uh, our friend dave and and tyler um and i well tyler hasn't played yet but i think he's going to uh, i've been playing some apex again and it's just good to kind of be back i think it's a game i've been my internet is so poor to download games here that i finally have apex downloaded and so i'm just waiting for other games to download like final fantasy 7 remake because i want to go back and beat it um, but I'm just waiting forever to, for it to download. So I've been playing Apex, and it's actually been a lot of fun, so now I'm kind of hooked on that again. So anyway, <laughs> a lot of talking. Before we continue, though, well, actually, I'll do my spiel first, and then I'll jump into the, the first yeah. mini topic, if that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Story Goers, we hope that you enjoyed our last episode, which is our memory card episode. Ryan killed it with that. You did such a great job with it. I think it turned out so good. It was, yeah, it was awesome. And, and please, if you haven't listened to it um, and you're interested in kind of getting someone else's perspective on what their favorite game is, uh, Haney from... Um, First Encounter podcast came on the show, and he did such a great job uh, talking about his favorite game, which I'm not going to say, because I don't want to spoil it. You should go listen to it if you haven't. Um, and, of course, if you have any thoughts, feelings, or perspectives, we would love to hear them by emailing your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also comment on our social media post. Uh, find us on Instagram uh, and we're pretty sporadic on Twitter, I'll be honest with you. Instagram is definitely the better one <laughs> to talk to us through. Uh, but DM us or comment on our posts. Let us know what you think, and we will happily share those on the next episode. Uh, before we get into our main topic, though, I want to jump in because I had a lot of thoughts about something. I, I want to talk to you about them, Ryan. I I usually pride... I'm curious what you think. I usually uh, pride myself in my ability to kind of persevere in a game to finally beat it and gain that sense of, like, I did this. Uh, even when it's like super hard and super frustrating. And I had that mentality when playing Skull. And for anyone who doesn't know, Skull is a roguelite game um, where you are this little skull person and you swap different skull heads to get different abilities and you're trying to save the demon, the demon king from this evil human civilization or human um, kingdom. Um, it's, really, it's a really challenging roguelite. Um, and... It got to the point probably two weeks after I like started getting back into it where I was ready to beat the game. I, I had upgraded everything I could. It was ready to go, and I still was dying in the same spots, or even before that, the same spots I would be dying in, like earlier. Um, 
where I got to the point where I just, I, I really wanted to beat it. I really felt like I invested so much time into it. So I decided to switch to easy mode and see what that would look like. And it ended up being the game. It actually became extremely easy. Between easy mode, easy mode and normal, uh, the difficulty decreased so much so that I, I just beat the game. I decided that I was going to do it. And after I beat the game, I did get that sense of like, I'm happy I did this. I'm happy I finished the game. Um, but I wasn't sure how I felt about it being on easy mode. And I was really thinking about it and processing a lot. Because like for Hades, I I got through Hades after I'd been playing for forever. When I started a new profile. I think I got through Hades on my fourth or fifth try. I got to to the end and beat it or maybe six tries something super early something before like at my 10th try i was i had gone through the whole game which i'm really proud of myself on because i think that's a, it's a really hard game to do really early um but for skull i just i could not and granted they're they're both roguelites but very different but skull i just could not get through it so you know i guess my big question is this ryan what are your thoughts on easy mode do you feel like that's something that i don't know it, it should it, is this something that it should be used more often? Is it something that should that there's a lot of people have thoughts on it, looking down on it. No one should be using easy mode. Um, there are people who have the idea that like easy mode is you know if you want to enjoy the game and it's becoming frustrating, then easy mode is that that option to to enjoy the game and get through it and be happy that you finished it. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a tough question because I think there's also there's a couple things going on here. First off, like. Ease, there's there's easy mode for accessibility, right? For for just making mm-hmm. the game playable for individuals who do not have the dexterity or the physical ability to do so because of something in their life or because of something that they have. Um, so that easy mode for that, I think, is, is a no-brainer and, and should always be an option because the purpose of a game is to be played and everyone should have the opportunity to play those games. So I think whether or not an easy mode exists, for me personally, it isn't a question the game should be playable by everyone because because yeah. that's that's ever no one should be you know penalized for not being good at games is kind of my feeling that being said i understand there is this depending on and i think there's also a, a, a individual and a personal connection to here like there are some people who it's really important that they they don't feel that sense of accomplishment unless they play on a hard difficulty or yeah. what they enjoy about games is a sense of accomplishment they get from doing something that's hard and I think that kind of can come up to personal um, personal reasons or, or why they play games. Um, I think for me, it's, it's a little different because I am not somebody who thinks about games in that way. I mean, certainly I like to play a game that I like that sense of accomplishment. But like for Hades, for example, I was playing that game with my partner and it was one of her like first games that she played through. And we got to a point where we hit a wall where we could not move forward. And I think if we didn't put it on God mode, where you got a little bit, you know, things got easier. I think, I don't think we would have finished that game. I don't think, and she, she's played it more than I have now. She's put more time in Hades than I have because she really loves that experience. But I think if she would have hit that wall and not had that progression, she would have fallen off of it. And I think for me, I, I, I've had that similar experience with some games as well, where, I get to something, I'm smashing my head against something, and, it, and it, if it if it's for too long, I will just turn the difficulty down because for me, I that that sense of accomplishment is great, but I want the progression. I play games mm-hmm. for that sense of moving forward, numbers going up for accomplishing things, but it doesn't necessarily have to be very difficult things. Um, but also, I'm not very good at a lot of video games, so that's that also might be part of it too. Is like if there is a game where I have to think through something, if I have to solve a puzzle, or I have to come up with a strategy. I am far more successful than where I have to learn a pattern or I have to memorize move sets. That's just something that isn't satisfying to me that I think is satisfying for other people. Long story short, I think having that ability to move between those game modes is really important for mm-hmm. approachability and accessibility. To make the games and our things that we enjoy welcoming to everyone, I think it's important to have those easier difficulties. I never finished Metroid Dread because it was too hard. If there was an easier difficulty, I might have had a more positive experience with that, with that game. Whereas of right now, it's an unfinished game I have no interest in going back to because I got stuck on something and I have no interest, you know, bashing my head against something because I have so much time and I have a lot of games I want to play. I'm not going to waste, you know, three hours fighting a boss. Um, but again, that's, that's my own personal kind of feeling. I know there are some people who will 
you know, who play, you know, harder difficulty games, Dark Souls games, or those types of games, that they really enjoy memorizing boss patterns, and that sense of accomplishment they get is really important. But I also think at the same time, there has to be an option for other people who don't want that, but want to experience some version of that. Because I think games are for everybody, and they need to be for everybody, no matter what your your ability level is. And I I think for your own personal... If, if you want to do something difficult because it makes you feel good and because it makes you feel accomplished, I think that's really great. And I think mm-hmm. um, that should something that should be celebrated. But I don't think there should be any kind of gatekeeping where if you're not good enough, you don't get to experience this. If you're not yeah. quick enough with your fingers, you don't get to experience this. Because that just ends up being a I'm better than you experience. And I don't think that's good for the industry. And I don't think that's good for people. Um, I don't know if I've answered the question or if I just talked about a no. bunch of nonsense. Um, yeah. But I, I, I personally would not feel <laughs> bad about putting difficulties down on things. I have done that in the past when I get stuck hard when I get stuck on something. But I also play games sometimes for different reasons. Like it, it, I, knowing you as a person, you really like that feeling of accomplishment. There are like you, you like learning those move sets. You, that's something that you really enjoy and you're really good at. It isn't something I really enjoy and I'm really good at, so I, I don't invest in that experience, and that isn't how I tie my success to an experience, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But nice that is a totally valid way to experience games. I just think if that isn't the way you experience games, you shouldn't be penalized or gatekeeped or cut out of games, because I don't think that's fair. Or if you or if not that you just don't want to spend the time, but you physically are incapable of it, that also doesn't feel fair. Um, it's, it's really tricky. There's like a, there's like this weird accessibility, approachability, but like the designer's vision challenge that's going on there. That's really hard because I think like for a game like Metroid Dread, for example, they wanted it to be hard. There was no easy mode when that game shipped because their vision was, this is a scary, hard game. What that means is a lot of people won't, won't get, wouldn't, didn't, wouldn't have gotten to experience that game. And a lot of people who had physical or mental or some other thing that allowed them to not be successful don't get to have that experience. And I think, like, it's a really satisfying experience, and I really enjoyed it up until I didn't. Um, And now I don't get to have that... that, that, Maybe I'll go back to it someday, but now I don't get to have that satisfaction of completing something. It's just a game that is going to exist in in my Switch for for who knows how long. But, yeah, that's kind of... Some of my feelings on it, I guess, um, on, mm-hmm. on easy easy mode in games, or or that sense of accomplishment in from coming from easy mode in games. I, I think I think it's fine, but I think everyone has to make their own personal decision on what is important to them in games and why they play games. And if you play games because you want that sense of accomplishment, maybe that putting things on easy mode won't make you feel satisfied, but. Is it worth the time and energy you would have to spend to complete it, or is it worth moving on to something else that you would enjoy? Um, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't want to spend three days beating something for that sense of accomplishment when I could just—I have so many games I need to play right now, or I want to play right now. I'm just going to move on and mm-hmm. um, try something new or play something else. Is kind of where I'm at on that. I yeah. I think I think you're you're so right in so many ways about the, the different. The different levels of inter- intricacy in terms of like what it means to incorporate an easy mode into a game, and and that that last one you were just talking about with like how much finite time we have and how many games we want to experience. I think that that's why I switched my game in Skull to easy mode because I just I could not as much as I love the game. I really do love the game. It's 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 a really fun game. I hope to make a sequel. I'm I'm totally down for that. But I was just I was kind of done. I was ready to experience something different. I wanted to see the ending, and I think. I think that was the moment where I had to take my pride and like put it in the back seat, which sounds very, it sounds very um, egotistical, I think in a sense, but like at the same time, I think like, say for example, like I think, you know, say when I was like a teenager or younger, right? Like that sense of pride was really what drove me to want to beat games and like feel accomplished in those games. And, and, you know, I would spend forever trying to beat something like to the point where I become super frustrated. And like, sometimes that, that, that win wouldn't really feel very good because I'd be so angry. And like, I would, I would want to feel that sense of pride and I wouldn't. And sometimes I would. And it was almost like a weird, like, um, like a, 
I don't know how to explain this, but like, it's just that weird sense of, uh, of accomplishment that like sometimes you get, sometimes you don't. And it's like, when you do get it, it's almost like, well, I want to feel that again sometimes. Um, but anyway, I think, I think now as a much older, and I like to hope, I like to think more mature person or more, you know, intellectually mature person. Um, I can see like the, the worth of like my time and like understanding that I only have so much time in a day anymore compared to like when I had infinite time, it felt like as a, as a, teenager or, or a child um and that need to kind of move forward and just experience more things and this, and this actually i think and and you know and going back to what your point with accessibility i think you're again like there's i don't think you can really argue with that like everybody should be able to experience a game regardless of ability uh, you know ability to play that game so if like, someone needs to be able to have more accessibility and, and be able to enjoy that game more i think well 100 like who cares Right. I think I, I unfortunately feel like it's the people who who get a lot of validation and worth from comparing themselves to other people and what their accomplishments are, which I don't I would argue is not, not healthy at all. You know, and I think that if you're trying to compare yourself to someone else who struggles at a game, one, why are you comparing yourself to someone else that's not you? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, especially in something like this, like a single player game. Like, why would we comparing ourselves you know, when the other person was probably better at you at something else. So, like, is it really that much of an accomplishment? When you could just be comparing yourself to some to yourself, you know, comparing yourself to yourself, what your accomplishments are. I think it's much more of a validating and more of a, a way to feel proud of yourself by, by continuing to achieve and, and push through. Um, I'm really at this point, but I guess the main thing I want to say, though, is that I don't think there's anything wrong with an easy mode. I know, that, like, for example, Sifu is a game that was, that was hard and it takes a lot of, you know... Uh, like you said, Ryan, like timing and skill set and things like that. Um, and when they when they announced they're making an easy mode for it, I was like, that's weird. I feel like Sifu is in a game that needs an easy mode. I feel like it needs to be hard. But now, having even even after going through it together, we read the story together, how great the story was, how much fun the story was. Yeah. For someone to not be able to experience that story and how fun that was, that's a shame. That's yeah. a total shame. And if they can only do that by playing on easy mode, then more power to them. Because honestly, maybe that's more enjoyable. And that's cool. So I like. I think that in the end, after after kind of processing it a lot, I came to the conclusion that I'm happy that I put Skull on easy mode. I'm happy that I experienced the story. I'm happy I get to move on to something else and have those fond memories rather than me being in a Metroid Dread situation like you. And and, and no, yeah, no, you know, you're, you're right. yeah, no, <laughs> I'm the same as you. Actually, I, I dropped Metroid Dread as well. As much as I love, as much as I love Metroid. I could not continue mostly because I just kept getting lost and it was really frustrating. And I was just like, I can't, I just can't spend this much time roaming the same places over and over again, trying to figure this out. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, what? how can I retain my happiness, retain my composure, retain my sense of self uh, without jeopardizing that for something that isn't worth jeopardizing for. And I feel like video games, as much as I love video games are not worth jeopardizing my happiness to achieve something in them. So Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, sorry, you got something. You got something yeah. out of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good conversation to have. Uh, I think yeah. it's a good conversation to have. Yeah, I would love to hear other people's perspectives on on easy modes yeah. and what that is for them. If they use easy modes, if they strictly don't, or if it's on a by you know game by game basis, I think that'd be super interesting to learn more about. I never really thought about it until I had to do it, and now I I I feel like I've I feel like I understand so much better. I think I think we can all. I would hope we hope we can all agree at the end of the day that in terms of accessibility, easy modes are should always be there. I yeah. think one hundred percent. It makes the total sense, most total sense. So, yeah, the idea that someone can't experience a game and the story that a game provides, or just the experience. Like, can you imagine like, like I don't know. I think the one that you know, and I've got a war. Got a war is a challenging game, but like the ending of that game is so just like, oh, like it just like the new one. I mean, it just like really hits you. And for someone who needs to see that story, if they couldn't. That's just, and they couldn't beat that game because it was too hard. That's just a shame. That's yeah. just a total shame. So, yeah, I think I read too. I think I think it's God of War, the sequel. As like, I could be wrong. It's either God of War or Unchar or uh, The Last of Us or I forget what it was. Some game coming out uh, has like an insane number of accessibility things just yeah. built into the game, which is so cool. So cool. Yeah, that people care. Like it's so different now, but in a good way, in a positive way. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, moving on to our main point of this episode. Thanks for sticking with us so far. Um, our main topic of this episode is the idea of what if you went back in time, right? Back to your, your younger self 
knowing what you know now, what games would you be excited for that time around that previously before you were never excited about at all? So like, what games would you be like, oh my God, I, I, that game is going to be coming out again now? Like, oh, I love that game compared to like, oh, I don't really care about that game. That's that game. Eh, it doesn't look that good. Right. Knowing what you know now as a, a, being a younger person, like, would you be more excited for that game that originally you're like, I don't really care about that game at all. So does yeah, that make sense? Very fun. Oh, yeah, it's a very fun idea. It, and it's something that like, strangely enough, if, if I go through these games, they are remaking and remastering yes. almost every single game, or there's more of this coming out of every single one of these games, which is really interesting, and I didn't realize that until looking back, that like <laughs> there are new versions of these games coming out that I am so excited about that when they originally come out, I, I had no idea and didn't care. Uh, so really right. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It almost is like that again. You're right. Yeah. Like It is almost yeah. like... Yeah, it's so that's so funny. Is it cool if I start? Can I start? Is please okay? do. No, please do start. I would love that. I think th- this is a great way to kind of start the conversation and get what we're talking about. So, like, uh, so my first game I'm bringing to the table is actually Kingdom Hearts. Originally, I didn't give two craps about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I knew that <laughs> I knew that it was Disney. Um, and I knew that it was like you go to different Disney worlds, which was fine. But it seemed like when you hear when you hear that concept, you think of like kind of cheap Disney games that are just kind of cringy and you don't really care about. Um, so when Kingdom Hearts first came out, I just did not give two craps about it. Did not care. I just thought it was kind of below, I say below me, but like below my age range, you know, like I don't, I can't remember. I think I was like a tween. Um, you know, like I thought it was kind of just like a kiddie game. Um, but then I remember there's one day, if I remember correctly, right, I constantly think about my memories and like, oh my God, did I like falsify this memory um if i remember correctly hopefully i'm not lying to you guys um i went to i put down gamestop but i think originally it was ev games i think it was still ev games at the time probably um which you don't know ev games you should totally look it up because wow blast (laughs) the past um but i remember having like a few extra bucks i was in that mindset like when you're a kid and you like you want to buy something you don't really care at that point there's nothing to buy so you don't really care at that point what you are gonna buy but you just want to buy something which is not good, but like, you know, <laughs> more than likely leads to a bad purchase. Um, but I remember seeing Kingdom Hearts and I thought, this looks weird. Maybe it doesn't seem so kiddy to me. You know, they seem kind of, you know, emo, like, <laughs> you know, so deep on the cover. I was like, I'll give it a try. So I remember buying it. I think I bought it used. I think it was like super cheap at the time. Um, this is before Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, by the way. So just for, 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 um, to set the scene. Um, I remember buying the game and going home and just kind of like, I had some time. I was like, I'll just throw it in and play it. And that's when I realized I saw, I think, I think the first person I realized in the game that I did not realize was going to be in it was, um, oh man, what's his name? I got to play Kingdom Hearts 5 or Kingdom Hearts 10 again. Um, Waka, Waka, I think his name is. He's, uh, the, the sports guy in the game. Yeah. Yeah, Blitzball dude. Thank you. Yeah. And I remember seeing like, what? I I loved Final (laughs) Fantasy at the time. I was like, like what and then you see uh titus i believe it's either titus or um uh zaiden titus from final fantasy 10 or zaiden from final fantasy 9 i forget which one it is and then someone from final fantasy 8 as kids on the island and i was like what and then as you play you see squall and you see cloud and it just blew my mind i had no idea that final fantasy characters were in it and it just totally just engulfed me in the game like i just i was just it's a game that just immediately once that that connection was made, and I realized that what this game was, it totally hooked me. And if I had known better, it would have been a game I would have been so excited for day one, without a doubt in my mind. But because I just didn't know, oh, I see my microphone, and I didn't really care to know, I just totally limited myself on what this game was going to provide me. And and it was just, uh, I I remember playing that game until I 100% the whole game. I got the final final Keyblade, which is the Ori Ori Calcum Sword, maybe. I forget. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, beating Sephiroth, you know, like it was just like, I was totally like, it, it just blew me away, which then led to my complete obsession of Kingdom Hearts 2, um, mm-hmm. which I was reflecting on in a, a morning walk with my dog this morning on like, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out either the day before or the day or two days before like a, a school year was beginning. And that school year dread is coming up, right? But Kingdom Hearts 2 is coming out, and it totally like got me out of that rut, and I just played it for like 24 hours straight, it felt mm-hmm. like. Definitely not actually, but it felt like it. Um, and it just like so, totally built me up to this, like, I love Kingdom Hearts. 
until Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. But whatever, we're not going to talk about that right now. We're talking about good things. <laughs> but no, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is definitely a game where I was like, I did not yeah. think I was going to love it as much as I ended up loving it. So, Ryan, what is, what is your first game? Yeah, so actually, my... actually, before you, I'm sorry, actually, before I cut you off, did you ever play Kingdom Hearts? Yes, yeah, I played Kingdom Hearts oh. 1 and 2. I don't remember why or when or how or like what led me because i i was i was not a final fantasy person and i still am super not a final fantasy person a friend let me borrow um final fantasy 10 and i may have told the story on this i don't remember before. i heard this um and i got to like the first boss and then like my friend came over um tyler uh not cousin other tyler yes um, sorry go sharp no idea what i'm talking about um <laughs> and um so my friend came over to like see how i was doing and i was at the first boss i was like this game is really hard i don't think i really like it and he i guess i hadn't leveled up at all like i did not understand oh, the level yeah. up system so i like didn't spend any points i still don't understand the level up system i'm sure it's it not weird. that hard but like uh, after that they it just became a running joke that i but yeah so that's my only experience with final fantasy i disney was a big part of my um childhood growing up um, mm-hmm. My grandmother is obsessed with Disney. It's like we would always watch the eight touches. Um, I don't remember. I, I I loved and enjoyed Final Fantasy or um, Kingdom Hearts. I don't remember why I started playing it. I don't know if it was like you had yeah. said something, or if another friend had said Maybe. something, or if I saw something, or 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 I went over to someone's house and saw them playing it. I have no idea. Or maybe even um, my cousin who was into Final Fantasy. He had he had checked it out. I do not remember. Um, but I yeah. remember playing those games and really enjoying them. They're really fun. Sephiroth yeah. was far too hard. I, I think I tried it two times. So I was like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but kind of going back to like the early conversation, that's really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, really, seriously, really, seriously. Really good games, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Final Fantasy, if the newest one, had an easy mode or not. I'm very curious now what games have easy modes and, and don't. I'm like, yeah, it's interesting. But you know, I, I, I actually, I don't know if I even realized you did play Kingdom Hearts. I, I yeah. I'm trying to think of like how old I was when the first game came out. I don't even care about doing the research, but I don't know if we were friends yet or not. But not sure. we could have totally it, been. Yeah, I'm not. I do not remember. It is all just a complete blur. All oh of, yeah, all yeah. of my school is just a complete blur, other than like a few moments. Which again, like you, who knows if those are real memories or just things that I think back on and have like made up. You know what I mean? Morphed. Because, yeah. Yeah, because because memories are weird like that. But um, yeah, I, I will say though, if I did go back in time and this situation did happen to me. I'd be so bummed out because I don't want to go through my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. same, same. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Well, anyway, your first game. Yeah, right. so my first game is the Knights of the Old Republic series. I mm. was such a huge Star Wars fan growing up. Like, I would go to bed listening to the Star Wars soundtrack and, like, dreaming of being the chosen one and waking up as a Jedi. Like, it was something that I was obsessed with, and it was became, like, a big part of... Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm not gonna cut you off. I'm not gonna make this a thing. I just like, for <laughs> I pictured you like dreaming of being the chosen one, and you're training with Obi Wan, you're falling in love with Padme, and you're just killing younglings, and like yeah. just having the best time of your life. <laughs> you're burning best. alive. Ah, yeah. you're well, so happy. The thing is, like growing up, like uh, that, like I fell in love with Star Wars, and then they announced more Star Wars coming out. So this was even like before. Um, so like the those new Star Wars movies, I saw. In theaters, and then, like, Revenge yep. of the Sith, I thought. Like, on premiere day, I was in Florida. I made my sister go with me. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun time. But, oh, yeah, huge Star Wars fan. I, I, was, I enjoyed RPGs growing up. Like, I enjoyed those types of games. I didn't play a ton of them. Uh, but I really enjoyed them. Uh, but I totally missed Knights of the Republic. I think it was because it only came out on Xbox, I'm assuming. I don't oh, know if it came right. to PlayStation or not. Because, because Bioware made, like, pretty exclusive Xbox games for a while. So, like, yeah. I had seen it, but I had never touched it. I had heard it was okay, but I it, it was just, like, nothing that I played. Because I really only played PlayStation and a little bit of Nintendo. Um, so, like, it was in my periphery, but it, it, I don't know. Growing up, I just didn't pay attention to games that weren't coming out that I could play, I guess. Or there was just, like, not as much media that I was paying attention to. But either way, totally missed it. Not, yeah. not an issue at all. And then in 2012, it was before, actually, before I built my gaming PC, but I had, a, I had a laptop that I got for school, and I eventually went back and replayed the original KOTOR, and it blew me away, both because it's an incredible narrative, like, it's maybe one of the best Star Wars stories that has ever been yeah. made, and it's just a very fun game, and you get to live out that, like, I'm a Jedi and do good things, or I'm a Sith and do bad things, like, that's really, really fun, um... 
and they're, they're just really wonderful games. The second game is also very good. I played them, I'm pretty sure, in like rapid succession. Um, they came out in 2003 and 2004, so I was in high school. I was probably like a freshman. No, it was, yeah. it was, it was no, it was after that because we graduated in 09. So yeah, I, it came out when I was yeah. in middle school. So, but yeah, didn't touch it, not interested in it. And then I, years and years later, 2012, when I was like a freshman in college, um, played it, loved it. No, not a freshman in college, a junior in college. Time's weird. Oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah, weird. yeah, time is weird. A junior in college, I went back and had played it on a, a computer I bought, an old Acer I bought for school, and loved it, and it was, it was one of the, one of the best. It's, it's, there's a bunch of games, and actually they're all on this list, that I totally missed as a kid. And went back as soon as I got a PC, and they're some of my favorite games I've ever played mm-hmm. now. Um, so yeah, yeah, Nice Little Republic. What about you? Did you ever? Were you ever in? Did you ever play those games? Were you ever Nice Little Republic? Yeah, yeah. I, I so actually I was lucky because my my father played Xbox a lot. So mm-hmm. like every time I'd see him, we usually play a game together. Like uh, for anyone who who played the original Xbox, like Mech Warrior was a huge one for my father and I. We used to play. It was totally off topic. Sorry, I, okay. I, I it's just, fun. It's, it's a good, good memory. Stuff, like yeah. we would play Mech Warrior. If anyone doesn't know, Mech Warrior is just basically like a giant robot game, and like that's when online gameplay was like becoming huge. I feel like I could be totally wrong with that, but that's when at least I started realizing how prevalent it was, and we played online. and And there's this thing that my like my dad and I were kind of like, looking back now. I don't think he listens to the podcast. So I could say this. We were kind of trolls. I think he was kind of <laughs> teaching me how to be a troll a little bit because like we would play. There'd be like these like amazing just giant robots that would just destroy right and he always was the i think it was the kit fox and it's just the small little mech but the thing about it is, it is it turns invisible so when we play cash the flag he wouldn't be the the crazy giant robot he would be the kit fox which would then go and turn invisible and steal a flag and people online would get really really upset because like it just would happen all the time to the point where like i got a lot of validation from just trolling these people as the kit fox like i'm i'm, I'm like a young i'm a young person right i'm pretty impressionable enjoying being this troll which thank god it didn't stick but like but anyway going back to your question yes yeah, so i'm like i my dad played uh, xbox and he played kotor he i would watch him and i got to play a little bit um and I think as a game, like, it was too hard for me at the time because I was so young. Like, I didn't understand what I needed to do. I just wanted to fight people. I didn't understand the, the, the mechanics. Like, I knew how to do the mechanics, but I didn't know, like, what the best thing to do was in each situation. So it got a little, like, a, a little bit of a struggle at times. Um, and plus, I was so impatient because I just wanted to get a lightsaber. And I just, it felt like forever <laughs> yeah, that I was waiting to get a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and spoiler alert. If you plan on playing KOTOR in the future, so please skip ahead if you do. Yeah, um, very good game. I, mean, I shouldn't spoil it. it. There's a part... I won't spoil it, actually. I won't spoil the thing. Yeah, we will there's cover a part it in the, in the g- tales. It's very good. Yeah. Um, there's a part in the end of the game, the first one, that really shocked me. You know, because the, the game's all about choices, right? Light side, dark side. Um, and there's a, there's, a, there's a point in the game that kind of changes everything in a sense. And uh, it really... As, as a young person, I was like, I... It's, I feel like I've done a horrible thing. <laughs> you know, like it was it really. It, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so it was. It's very, very interesting. But I like Kotor. I think I played Kotor too. But I remember playing it and beating it and thinking that it made no sense. And then later hearing that they had cut things out of the story that oh, would have made the story more make more sense. But I could be totally wrong with that. Again, memories are difficult. But yeah, yeah I did like them though. I did like them a lot. I would love to see them adapt the first game's narrative to a, sh- a short to a show i can't talk yeah, today. yeah um even though they're re-releasing it so i really don't need to it's yeah. it gonna be in the game but um but i love the idea of that with the main character stuff i love that was so cool so cool yeah i'm gonna jump to my second one yeah um it's a good one and this is where i'll probably get canceled yeah <laughs> 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 um but I remember, so my second game that I did not care for at all until later in life was Uncharted 1, the first Uncharted. Um, I remember Uncharted 1 was announced, and I had heard, at least from like what I read online and stuff, that it was just an Indiana Jones knockoff. Um, so I just I just didn't care. It, it was always like in a negative light. I feel like Uncharted 1, before it came out, had a lot of, not negative press, but a lot of criticisms already before it was even out if ever i could be totally wrong with that um and so i just didn't really care um until uncharted 2 came out and i think actually i think it was you ryan who told me how great uncharted 2 was oh, maybe. um 
I feel like I feel like that was it was someone in our and you and I were the ones that played games in our yeah time, yeah so like, I mean I remember I remember playing in college and being absolutely blown away and I I remember us like that was something that we really bonded on as those uncharted games mm-hmm. I don't know which came first though I cannot remember which came first if you told me or I told you I don't remember I I think it had to have been you because I okay. didn't care yeah. um I didn't care and I remember you telling me the, the beginning of the game where you're climbing up the train hanging yeah. from a cliff and I was like that sounds awesome and then you know so I I think. Either you let me borrow it, or maybe I bought it. Oh, maybe I, I don't. That would, that would I think he might let me borrow it. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, I remember playing it and just loving it. And I and looking back now, I don't, I also don't think that Uncharted Two is a bad game to jump into the series with, because no. um, you didn't really need to know anything from the first game, quite honestly, besides the characters. But you learn of the characters playing through Uncharted Two. Yeah. Um, so I actually was really happy in retrospect that I did skip Uncharted One because. Not that it was bad. I actually really liked Uncharted 1 a lot. But I think Uncharted 2 was a game that was like, oh, this is great. I love this game. Um, it was great. And and going back now to Uncharted 1, obviously a little bit different. But it, I think it made me appreciate the characters and the gameplay more because I loved Uncharted 2 so much. Yeah. Um, but of course, going back now, if I could relive it, I would be so psyched for Uncharted 1 to come out. I'd be just totally hyped about it. I would, I would love that. Um, and of course get Uncharted 2 like day one so you know it's interesting because like Uncharted is one of the biggest game series now for Sony like you know it's it, and you know I'm sure they'll be announcing something for it soon you know yeah. I, I no <laughs> doubt the series will be living on soon yeah. again um but yeah it just it was one of those games that like it's so much so much comparison to Indiana Jones and I love Indiana Jones but it'd be kind of like a knockoff like I don't really care about that that sounds yeah. like not not fun um but now feel stupid to say out loud because it's <laughs> obviously a very fun game and a really great series. So yeah, yeah. yeah. stupid Eric, you dumb. Um, Ryan, <laughs> yeah. uh, what is your second game? Uh, my second game. This is uh, another another one. I'm I am now realizing wasn't realizing that these are all it's all very similar experiences. Uh, my second game Sorry. is the Secret of Monkey Island series. Um, <gasps> it is a game that was released in 1990 um, before I was born. In my defense. Um, and, but they did release a special edition in 2009. Um, and the reason that this game is a game that I would have loved is, I don't know about you, but I grew up on the Humongous Entertainment games, Putt-Putt, Pajama Sam, Spy Fox. I played so many of those endlessly. Um, what was Putt-Putt, you're a little car, little car. Like Putt-Putt yeah, goes to the car? zoo. Yep. Yep. Little purple car. Okay. Yep. All right. I did play Putt-Putt. Yep. I did play and Putt-Putt. And Freddy Fish. I was more of a... Freddy Fish is another one too. Um, I don't think I played that one. I played Papa, but I was more of a Carmen San Diego. Oh, also uh, very good, very good series. Of yeah, games. yeah. You never catch her though, and that's so frustrating. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. so frustrating. Anyway, yeah. Um, but I grew up on these games, those point and click games. I didn't know they were point and click at the time. I don't know why I eventually found <laughs> them. I just played them endlessly, especially Pajamas in Sam Two. There's no need. To, no, Thunder and Lightning aren't so frightening. You yeah. are. You're a little boy. You have a cape. There's a storm outside, and you, like, go up into the cloud world, and you interact with the weather, and, like, you... One of the cool things about those games is every time you played them, there were things that were slightly different. Things would be slightly moved. So, like, I'd played them so much, I would know exactly where to go. I would go here, grab that, go here, grab that, and I would, like, just speedrun it and just play it for comfort. And those Pajama Sam games, and all of those games, I loved so much. And I didn't even realize that these games were inspired by, like, the LucasArts point-and-click games of the late 80s and early 90s. Like, these games existed because of Monkey Island. These games existed right. because of, you know, Day of the Tentacle. And those really incredible, well-written point-and-click games. And the special edition of Monkey Island came out in 2009, which, again, I was... Uh, I was I had a computer at the time, a laptop. I was just... We, we were just graduating. I was going off to college. But I... I since those early games, I had not had any interest in playing click games. I was I never really went back to them, and it wasn't until you know 2019, like three years ago, that for whatever reason I had I had bought the games in 2014, 2015 in some like Monkey Island bundle, and I went back and played them and absolutely loved them. The writing was incredible. The characters were fun. The puzzliness of point and click adventure kind of brought me back to that nostalgia of being a kid and trying to like bash your head against like where you get the Y sprocket so you can repair the rain machine. Like, those things that I just, I really enjoyed. And it's a game that I think I would have fallen in love with, 
The humor is perfect for my type of humor. This kind of silly, wacky, but smart, well-written humor. doesn't take itself too seriously. It's just a game that now, it's a game series now that I love and cannot wait for The Return of Monkey Island to come out because they're making a new one and it's coming out soon. Yeah. And I'm really excited for it, but it's a game that I never, you know what I mean? It, until 2019, I never touched it. It was just kind of a game I knew existed. It was an important game in game history because it kind of created the pull point and click genre or helped ever elevate it but it's a game i never played and now uh, it, it's one of my favorite series of games um and i think if it were something that if i was aware that, that, that if i had drawn the line between the humongous entertainment games of my childhood and those lucas arts games i i would have i would have lost my mind i would have gotten i would have been one of the first things i got on my computer just to play sit and play uh, but I, I just totally missed it um because yeah. I, I i was in that window where point and click wasn't a big part of my life anymore and I didn't have the the resources to play them, and oh man, but they're, they're pretty good games. I love them yeah. so much. Yeah. I'm curious, have you heard about all the the stuff with the return of Monkey uh, Island? The only thing I've heard of is I know the art style is different, and I know some of the original writers are going to be on it, but that's kind of the extent of what I've heard. I know it's from so the like, Switch. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, supposedly because people have been so. I mean, I'm sure it's a very vocal minority, but I've been so down on the new art style that, that the creator of the game series that was working on it has said he's going to go silent because he just can't handle the negativity anymore. Oh, that's really online. bad. Yeah. yeah, which is really sad. Which I, I looked at the the art style and it didn't look bad to me. I no, don't it looks fine. People are really upset yeah. by it. And I mean, like, like, if you're comparing it to the art style when it originally came out, it was like you could not see anything. It was pixels. And then they went to this, yeah. like, really beautiful hand-drawn, but that was just, like, a recreation of, of the pixels. This feels like a whole new art style that feels like very, like it's hearkening back to still to the games from that time, but like the 3D mm-hmm. games of that time in a way that I think is, is really cool. And I, I think it's yeah. great, but yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer that the gamers are so mean, but they are. Yeah. 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 Some. No. Some. Not, not all. Listens to this show. <laughs> no, exactly. All good. If you are, then get out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, Monkey Island. I love I love those games. I love the humor. I love the pointing clickiness of it. I want to go and, and replay them all before the return comes out. Um, oh, that's a good idea. They're on iOS. They're on they're on Steam. They're they're all very cheap, so go go check them out. They're very fun. Yeah. They're on you They're so them. good. Yeah. 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 If you want to at least listen to the first episode, we have that. You should yeah, listen to it. It's one of my very favorite very favorite episodes we've done. Yeah. It was oh man! It was the first episode we ever did sound effects. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. The, you were the first one to edit that, and it yeah. turned out so good. Yeah, good. So yeah, such a great episode. Mm-hmm. Such a great episode. Yeah. Uh, my last game yeah. that I would like to talk about uh, for this episode that I did not care about until eventually I did. Um, if I had gone back, I would totally care about this moving forward. Um, was actually the Final Fantasy series, but specifically Final Fantasy IX. That was my very first one. Um, I was a Nintendo fanboy, um, lived, died, Nintendo, didn't really know anything about Sony at all. Um, I knew of it, didn't care about it, I just, I was all about Nintendo. We were a Nintendo family, um, we didn't talk about, you know, this is before Xbox even came out, which is wild to say, and sounds <laughs> super old, as an old sentence. Um, but it wasn't until I went to a friend's house and he showed me Final Fantasy IX, and it just like, I, I could not believe what I was seeing, right? The disc going in, I was like, this disc games? Like, I was so, you know, shell-shocked by, like, it's not in a cartridge, you know what I mean? Like, you don't blow on it, you know what I mean? Like, it's in a disc. <laughs> um, but I remember him putting, putting it in and playing it, and, and I remember thinking, like, this is so much like Mario and Zelda on the N64, the 3D, but just there's so much detail and so much life. There's so many more people in these worlds as you're running through it compared to like Zelda. Like when you're in Castletown and Zelda in Ocarina of Time, there's like probably 10 NPCs just kind of standing there doing their thing. But like Final Fantasy IX just felt so much more lived in, so many more NPC characters kind of there. The story was wild. I honestly don't even remember the story. I mean, I do remember the story, but I don't remember all the character beats and all the things that go on. But I just remember being so just like hooked on it that I wanted to go, I think I wanted to go back to this friend's house more to play the game than to actually spend time with my friend you know what i mean like i was so much more in that realm and i couldn't stop thinking about it to eventually got to to the point where i asked for a playstation 2 either for christmas or for my birthday i hope i didn't get a playstation 2 for my birthday that just feels a little uh you know richie rich uh in that (laughs) regard but maybe uh you know but probably for christmas um in final fantasy 9 with it as well which 
you know, and then it, that was just the whole thing. That was like a year's process is four discs. And I was a kid who didn't understand what to do with half the time in any game. Um, but it was because of that, that love of Final Fantasy IX that led me to my love of Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy VII. Um, but I know now, like, if I went back in time now, you know, born in 1991, um, I would be so pumped <laughs> as I got older to, to, to grab Final Fantasy VII and just start playing it because by the time I was old enough to, to be able to play those games, it would be I think it'd be out by now. Um, so I, I probably would have started with Final Fantasy VII and then go into I don't know Final Fantasy VIII's fine. It, I don't know I tried it. It's not my thing. Uh, Final Fantasy IX that was sick, and then of course ten, which I'm sorry you didn't super love it, Ryan. I, I that's I feel okay. Like it was a it was a good story. I think you yeah, would have liked it. I think I, I would have. I, I mean I know I mean I know a lot of story beats just because I exist in the world in which um, video games. Um, but, um, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it also, it, it was just a game that I, I, um, just, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I did not have any yeah. idea that what was going on. Um, I, 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 mean, I played a lot of Blitzball, I think. Um, <laughs> I sucked at Blitzball. I, yeah. funny things, I sucked at it. I yeah. was awful at Blitzball. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's even interesting too, because like, even if you didn't like the Final Fantasy series, playing Kingdom Hearts, I, I think yeah. you can even have a, appreciate like Oren from Final Fantasy X is kind of similar, not super similar to his version in Kingdom Hearts 2, but he's in Kingdom Hearts 2 and he's such a cool character, like going through Hades with him and, and like fighting off the Heartless there, you know, and he was just such a cool character to have in your party. Like, I feel like he was a character like, I didn't play Final Fantasy X, but I like his character. He's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cloud and Squall and all of them. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, if you didn't love the series, it kind of gave you an appreciation for it a little bit. You yeah, play certainly. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I loved Cloud, but I didn't play Final Fantasy VII until after I beat Kingdom Hearts, I think, too, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, it's just, it's very interesting how, like, those things can kind of just mix and mingle in a way that like, makes you appreciate it in different ways. Like, I never thought I'd like Final Fantasy until I saw it, of course, right? It doesn't give me an appreciation for the games I hadn't played as I played Kingdom Hearts. Like, oh, I should play Final Fantasy VII. Cloud's awesome. Yeah. Which is, of course, you you put it in, you're like, what is this game? It's just it's <laughs> nothing like what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, until now, until remake came out, and yeah. it's like, okay, this is what I thought it was. What look I was like. imagining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I just had to wait many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty wild. It's crazy how, it, I mean, just putting yourself back in that the idea of like being young again, knowing what you know now, like how many games you would appreciate and just like be so excited for. And how, or maybe you wouldn't because yeah. you played them. So like, I'm not really excited for the same one. You wouldn't like it as much. I don't know. Yeah. Or or for me, how many games that I bought and played that were just trash and I had no idea what I was doing and I had no idea they mm-hmm. were very bad. And I spent a lot of time playing those games that were not very good and I did not enjoy. But like the games that someone got me for a holiday or a birthday or the games <laughs> that were cheap at, at EB Games or um, yep. what was the other toy store? This is this is uh, very good content. Uh, KB Toys, KB Game, um, KB Toys, or yeah. Toys R Us, right? Those places where or you can go to get video games. Yeah, um, games that all just, dead, <laughs> all dead, all gone, all <laughs> <laughs> no longer with us. Force them out. Um, but yeah, yeah, like so many games that I played that were that were not very good, or I spent a lot of time playing, but. That's okay. That will be another episode. We talk <laughs> yeah. about those games. Yeah. We had to, to do the flip side of this. There's, yeah. there's actually more. It's funny. We were talking about this. There's actually more games that we didn't know we would have liked oh, until much later. Sure. Yeah. Um, that we should totally talk about. I, but I would love to talk about the reverse. Because I have so many games I think I can think of that I was yeah. so hyped for. Yeah. And then, like, what did I... Especially back in the day. When we had... Yeah. When there was no YouTube to watch gameplay. There was yeah. no... You know, like, the, the major source of art, like was articles from... Uh, game magazines which were probably paid to hype up the game to sell more you know what i mean so like it really wasn't you didn't really get a good look at it to like what the game would be like unless you were lucky enough to be able to play it in a store as a demo um but that was typically i don't know i feel like few and far between sometimes um but yeah anyway totally what a different time what a different time that was (laughs) this is just gonna this whole this whole podcast is just gonna turn into like the 90s and 2000s were weird for video games huh like that's that's just what it'll be dlc then parentheses uh we're old (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) we're old but what if you were young and then getting old again you know something stupid like that yeah um wild times but no we're on our last last game last game age yourself more ryan what and actually i I, I share this with you still i i 
I know how great this series is. Like, I, I should play these games, but I just okay. have not, and That's I need okay. to. But uh, what is this next one for you, Ryan? Uh, next one for me. Another game that I totally missed because I was too young or didn't have the hardware and then went back to years and years and years and years later and fell in love when that's the Half-Life series. Uh, mm-hmm. The first Half-Life came out in 1988. Uh, no way seven-year-old me would have been able to get a computer and play Half-Life. Maybe, though. Um, but <laughs> Half-Life 2 came out in 2004. That's a that's a respectable... I was I was an adult. Not, I was not an adult. I was... <laughs> I was no one... I was <laughs> capable of playing games uh, that required, you know, walking around and, and using two analogs. Um, you were always mature. <laughs> yeah. of, of the friend group so it makes sense that you're well, an adult i guess maybe <laughs> um but yeah um both really games that i totally missed i knew of them again just because like the world like oh, yeah. they were very well-known games um the when the orange box shipped and had half-life 2 and portal and tf2 like i played mm-hmm. a lot of tf2 before i touched oh, any of the other things um, so much TF2 uh, back in the day, um, before I touched any of these other game experiences. Um, but I knew of them, and I knew, like, all the all the weird stuff related to it, but I, I had no context. And again, it was the summer of 2012, I, I don't, what, the summer of 2012, I think that was the year that I had finished, I was, I was doing my last year of college living at home, so I must have just been, because I'm pretty sure that's when I played, um, also played Star Wars. So lots of games, lots of formative games that, that summer. Yeah. Um, summer 2012, I had some type of computer. I didn't build my computer yet. I wouldn't build my computer until the following year. But I, I went back and played these games. And Half-Life 1, I'm pretty sure I just turned on cheats and blasted through it because, like, the graphics <laughs> were so bad. I was not interested in experiencing it other than the story. So I just, like, turned on God mode and unlimited ammo and just, like, zoomed through it. Um, and then Morgan, Fre- or Morgan Freeman. Oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gordon Freeman. Freeman. You're, you're Gordon so Freeman. close. You're so close. <laughs> <laughs> I walked through Black Mesa, hitting everybody with my crowbar. I was invincible. It's like I, I just picture uh, not Morgan Freeman. Jeez, what? what Gordon. What's Gordon Freeman. Gordon. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Freeman just sprinting through and killing. It's, the joke's dead. I keep thinking yeah. Morgan Freeman. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, blasted through that first game because, like, I I tried it without God mode, but it was just I was not interested in playing like a Doom like game. It is so yeah. much more than that and it is a really incredible game that um i suggest people play particularly the black mesa version because mm-hmm. it looks a lot better and it's a lot more fleshed out but um then i want to have like two part one and part two and those were incredible games they were the first time i'd played a game that was I, I and i missed halo so like halo wasn't a game experience i had it was the first time i played like a first person shooter that was also like an adventure game like story game like i had played like Call of Duty, but it was nothing like these experiences with these like interesting characters you got to know and cared about. These incredible levels um, with some of the best, like Ravenholm is still maybe the best designed level that has ever been created as far as I'm concerned, as far as how well it does the show don't tell and then uses the visual cues of the level to guide you in a way that I think is formative to every single game that has come after. And it was around this time when Black Mesa was announced. Like they were, it, it didn't, it wouldn't come out until I think 2014. But they, the project was like released, or there was a news article on it. And I think I'd read that and was like, oh man, Half Life is a really wild game. I should go back and play. And then I did, and just absolutely incredible games. Um, the games that I like, I had heard people talk about like Halo being this incredible narrative experience that you, you know, went through and killed aliens and did all these really cool stuff, and you played this awesome, silent protagonist. And I just did not connect with that experience because I never I never played Halo. And this yeah. for that was kind of made me understand how cool that experience can be. And it was one of my first forays into a first-person shooter that wasn't, like, Call of Duty or, or TF2 that was more than a shooting game because of things like the gravity gun and because of the, the way you traverse the world where shooting wasn't always the only option. But if you did, it was it was interesting and weird, and it was, it was just such incredible games, and um, games that like I better understand every game I play now because of those games. And I think if I would have known more about this world, this like weird sci-fi future world with like cool aliens and these interesting characters and time travel, I think I really would have 
Um, and, and like chosen one, which is for me, we'll, we'll talk about in a, a memory card episode someday. That idea of like a chosen one or like the one person who has to save the world is really resonant with me. Um, mm-hmm. And just like it's such a great game, such a great series of games. It was a good experience. Um, that now again is is is, a, is I really love um, and enjoy. It's cool how, like, I don't know, just going through all these games, like, reminiscing again, like, it's just, it's interesting, like, I don't know, I, I think, knowing myself, I think, I going back in time, I think I would look forward to playing these games again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not be like, well, I've already played that, I don't really care, right? It's just, like, looking at, like, Mario 64 for the, like, re-releasing that on the Switch, I was, like, so psyched. Even Pokemon Snap being released from the Switch. Um, or like Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time. Those are all games I was so excited to play again. So I feel like if this opportunity ever came, we did go back in time, retain what we have, um, I'd still appreciate those games, which is obviously a lot earlier. I don't know. Do you think you'd still appreciate those games? Or would you skip them? Or No, I think I think I certainly would play them. To be, to be the thing that I think I missed the most about some of these game experiences is not being able to... Because when I played all these games, it was, it was like the internet existed was in the world at this point like yeah 2012 and 2019 i was like an active individual on the internet at that point um uh, maybe not to the extent or have the the internet literacy i have now but like to be a part of you know not reddit game facts in 20 2004 <laughs> when half-life was out would have been incredible like talking about and learning about those games secret of monkey island to be around in 2009 when that release happened or even to pick it up earlier like as soon as i was early enough and then to like be hyped for that special edition you could go from the old graphics to the new graphics or same with kotor to be exist in the world where star wars there was a really good star wars game out that everyone was talking about and i could like talk with people about because at least growing up for me the best part about video games was playing them but also like then going to school and talking to my friends about them or like you know what i mean and to be able to do that with these games would have been so cool and i i mean i think we did for some of them, like Uncharted oh, yeah. and Kingdom Hearts, later maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, to go back and talk about some of these games, like while they were happening, and to like when that Kotor twist happened, to have friends who've experienced it as well, all their minds being blown, that would have been so cool. Um, that would have been cool to be part of that time. Yeah, it's something that I pre- I think I appreciate now more when mm-hmm. we do play games together and we do have those those times like, oh my god, you did did you see that? Like that's <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and we still have that, and I think I still appreciate that too. And I think that this this conversation has also helped me appreciate the idea of remakes and remasters. And I think a lot of people are hung up on what you know they don't want remakes, they don't want remasters, and I totally understand that. You know, they want new things, and I think that new things are great too. I don't think we should have a less new things, but it also gives me like the the idea of like I I love that Final Fantasy VII had a remake and it did so well. And I think it helped people be psyched for it in a way where they played it originally and they're super psyched for it, and they had never played it and they finally had this chance. And I think that I think that you know re-releasing you know Mario sixty four on the switch you know like people were really hung up on the controls and i understand that and it is different and frustrating but you also get to relive your childhood in a sense again and i think that i what i'm trying to say is that i think that not having too much of one thing is always going to be helpful so like we always need new things but i think that that valuing and bringing back some of the old things is really good too because there's a lot of good things from the past that we can we can always look at and, and continue to appreciate so yeah um yeah i don't know it's just cool yeah, it's cool and weird, and Tybe's a social uh, is a human construct, and it's just weird. Sure, yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah. And like our brains are designed to like love things that we did when we were younger, and to love things oh, that yeah. we used to enjoy. And I don't think you can fault anyone for not pandering to that, but creating something that's going to give people that enjoyment. Um, mm-hmm. Because like people are always going like I'm, I cannot wait for the Nightfall Hotel remake. I cannot wait for a new Monkey Island game. If they said something about half-life the entire internet would explode right like these things are oh, yeah. still important and exciting and and meaningful same with kingdom hearts if they you know were to try to recreate that or to take it in a different direction i mean people still really were really hyped about Kingdom Hearts 3 um oh, yeah. still one of the biggest game franchises there's st- final fantasy 14 or final fantasy is that the online one yeah, fourteen is like the best MMO that has ever been created, as far as I would apparently. Yeah, yeah. So like these games are still really important and good, and the reason is is because like you still connect with those those times and those memories. Yeah, it's wild. It's it's 
Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think I think it's something to talk about more. But speaking of that, yeah. storygoers, if you have any thoughts, feelings, or perspectives, or any games you feel like you feel like if you went back to the past, you would appreciate or be psyched more for than you originally were, please let us know. We'd love to talk about that in a future episode. Uh, email us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All the E's are threes. Also find us on our social media. Again, Twitter is kind of dead to us. Elon Musk owns it, and honestly, I'm not about <laughs> that. So Instagram is the way to go. Find us there. We'll post images and stuff you can let us know what you think and we'll happily send you i forgot to say this we'll happily send you a, a tales from the cartridge sticker we actually have different varieties now we um we that our, our our same logo sticker that we've had we also have uh ones with the uh the four main podcast apps on under it uh you're probably thinking what four did you include well you'll have to get a sticker to find out or we'll post a picture i don't know one of those yeah. two. Uh, so you might as well write it anyway we'll get you we'll get you two we'll get you each one of them if you want um and sometimes we'll include a hologram sticker which is always fun to do so special yeah please do that and if you wouldn't mind you know we, we get a lot of downloads each month which we super appreciate like we we i still can't get over some of the countries that this podcast reaches it, it blows i think it blows our minds and yeah. not to speak for you ryan but like it's just it's pretty wild so um one, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to us still. New and old. Uh, I say old, respectively. You're not old. You just, you've been here a while. A- aged. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good either. What's a good word for old, uh, experienced? Uh, veterans. New veterans. Um, yes. Oh, wi- wizened. Cool. Wizened. Um, wizened. I never um, heard that word. Is that uh, made up? <laughs> that might, maybe. Um, <laughs> Is that a new word for us? Could be a new word for us. New and wizened. New and wizened. <laughs> uh, new and, uh, who knows? There. There are words I cannot think of. No, yeah, no. <laughs> new and not new. Uh, uh, thank you for listening to us. And if you wouldn't mind, if you if you have in your heart to spare five minutes for us to rate us on whatever podcast service you're using, uh, I think we're so close to, to getting our official five stars on Spotify. We'd really appreciate that a lot. And we're already five stars on Apple. Um, and we'd love to continue that trend if you'd so like if you'd be so welcome to do that. So we would really appreciate that. Um, then yeah, it would really it would really go a long way. Yeah. So. But overall, though, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you got something from this, whether it's about the easy mode in games or about games that you missed in your past that you didn't appreciate, but now you do. Um, and hopefully you got some nice nostalgia from it and some self-reflecting, which is always great. Self-reflecting is always so important. hopefully a positive thing. Yeah. Unless you're reflecting about something really poor that you've done. That's, that probably is difficult, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, focus on the good stuff, though. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we hope that you're doing well and that you're safe. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.